Hello, welcome to the White Deer Filmmaking Podcast with your host, Mark and Adam. <laughs> um, on today's episode, we have a lovely chat for you with Mary Patterson, um, one of the producers for the film Palindrome, which is like a moving picture book. That's how I just describe it. It um, looks incredible. Yes. Incredible, like, honestly, it's amazing. Um, not that you'll be able to see it unless you know you watch it when it's released. Um, and please, Which do. hopefully, will be soon. Please do because it's amazing. Like, honestly, it's uh, I just have vivid memories, oh, and every single one of them is different, but just purely because it is so, so varied, so wonderful. Um, and can't say enough about it. Well, uh, in a minute or so, um, Mary will. Say, what does it uh, <laughs> Tell us a bit of a synopsis. Yeah. yeah. So uh, listen out for that, and then throughout the rest of it, we just talk loads about um, how it was made and uh, like just really interesting things mm-hmm. um, about the whole production. Yes. Um, and I'm incredibly passionately in favour of everything that they did. So yeah, you'll hear that too. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's uh, an interesting chat, and um, I think you'll like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you want to say anything else? No, I'll let Mary speak for it. Um, It's one of those where it's really difficult to get some of the things that we're talking about, simply because it is... um, so picturesque but I think we do a good job of explaining the scene and situation and there's a few definitely um, that a few key moments which we go through um, which I'm sure as filmmakers people understand um, and relate to so it's really really good it's a film that sticks in your mind for days and weeks after watching it (laughs) well as for days yeah yeah, so uh, so hopefully this chat will go a bit of a way to explaining some of the elements to it and uh, showing a bit of what the set must have been like. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. Uh, cool. Listen out and listen out at the end for the code. Your code. Uh, the discount code. Um, but yeah. Cool. Let's, let's get into it. Enjoy. Hello, Mary. Um, thank you for speaking to us. Um, would you like to introduce yourself first and give a brief um, synopsis of uh, the film Palindrome? Um, hi, I'm Mary. Um, and I was kind of the assistant producer, assistant director on Palindrome. And the film is split into two main narratives, one of which is about a guy called Fred, who's in um, a bit of a dream fever and he's trying to escape various forms of reality in different kinds of ways Um, and then the second narrative follows Anna who's a struggling artist and she's struggling in various different ways one of the ways in which um, she struggles is because her art has become very notorious only because of the tragedy that she's experienced in her past so she's kind of balancing all these different emotions um but the whole film is kind of surrounding mental health and politics and life and death and a whole range of 
crazy themes <laughs> <laughs> yes that's true I, I, I know when we um said uh oh it's great if you could give a synopsis i was like well good yeah. luck good luck because there's, there's loads um um it was i think for me like it was one of the best things about the film was was how much it dealt with and how it uh, how it dealt with them like it um I don't think I've I actually don't think in any film I've ever seen so much covered and in an interesting way as well in a very stylized way um in a succinct way um and I think there's a lot which you can experience on multiple viewings and things so um yeah it was really well done in that regard um but yeah how, how did you get involved with the film um well I was originally hired as a production assistant so Marcus had put out a crew whatever he basically wanted an assistant um so i started in may last year 2019 mm -hmm. and i was just kind of doing various um audition schedules and stuff but as time went on i was getting frustrated that nothing else was being done so i kind of took it upon myself i guess to start organizing the shoots and stuff because various <laughs> things weren't happening um and i like to organize so i kind of just started uh, assuming the producer role because I wanted to see the film get done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what you were saying before as well with there being so many different layers and themes and things that you could watch again. I mean, I first read the script and had no idea what it was about. Um, and I didn't have any idea of what it was about until after maybe the fifth read and a big debrief with Marcus. But then even when we saw the final product, I was then seeing other things that I hadn't realized before. So even though I was working the whole way through it, mm. the first time I saw the finished product, I was still putting all these other things together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very um, good, good way of putting it um, and very accurate. But I think it, the thing about it for me was that the almost the transition between the the first half if, if you like the first narrative which is featured and the second when Anna comes in it's like well where did that come from and <laughs> but it, it works and I didn't expect it to and I, I just carried on watching thinking okay yeah no I can deal with that um that I mean it's it's a it's a big switch but it's also mm. um I think because obviously there's a lot of changes in like color and things it just opens the narrative up a lot more and there's a lot more um variety in there which I, I think that's probably why it won the awards that it did is because everything to do with like art and everything was was really well done things like that so um yeah a lot of things which probably on paper maybe don't work but come together to form a really nice charming um unique film yeah and i think a lot of those things you don't necessarily um come across although they're not that obvious when you first come across them but actually it works as a film because Marcus had thought so carefully about various different things for instance some of the dialogue in the first narrative narrative mirrors the dialogue in the second narrative exactly. some of the characters are reflected in each narrative mm -hmm. even the colors sometimes are reflected and all these kinds of things that some of which were just a coincidence that we went on to set and we thought mm. that will work in both mm. things. But a lot of the stuff that happens, actually, you realize Marcus has thought so much about that when it then comes onto the screen, 
and you see it in the two hours or however long it is, um, you then realise that there are all those parallels and that duality really works when you then see it, which mm. nece- not necessarily you might have seen when you're on set or just reading the script. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess a question then, palindrome. Um, mm. Is that title, was that the original title or based on a few things, you know, was it was it always intended to mirror across? Was that always the intention? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that was yeah. always the intention. And But, um, I mean, Palindrome, I think, was always the original title. Um, but even the characters, Marcus definitely had those in his head, the actual characters, and they all have different meanings for various different reasons. Mm-hmm. But when we were holding the auditions and stuff, he would give them different names because he didn't want to give anything away. So mm. the final product of all the characters and everything that happens was definitely what he wanted initially. Mm. But when we were holding auditions and doing all the organizing and telling people about it, it was all mm. very different at mm. the start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was was it easy actually to, um, to like for any cast members or any crew members to come on at a later time? Was it easy to... I, I guess get them on board with what was going on and making sure that it wasn't because it you know it it could be initially quite confusing like you found it was it easy to sort of be like right this is what we're going for um does that yeah. make sense yeah in the end everyone that we worked with were amazing like all the yeah. cast who we ended up working with every single cast member was just really really nice and accepting and lovely and easy to work with as were the crew the crew was amazing um, but some people didn't know what was going on, like our sound guy, Jamie, every day he turned up and was like, I've got no clue what's happening, but this is really fun. Um, like I know that like he had the best time and he was really enjoying it as mm. were loads of other crew members, even though they had no clue what was going on. Mm. Um, and I think the cast that we then had at the end, um, they were the ones that were not only very talented, but were also very accepting of uh, Marcus's story and very much more interested than maybe some other people. Um, like I remember we interviewed one person, I think that was for art direction actually, and she was just like, I don't understand what the hell this story is about and actually I will do a really bad job if you hire me so I'm going to tap out and say no thanks so there were a few people like that who were just like I don't know what the hell this is about Mm. I don't think we're gonna really have the same kind of creative vision so there's no point in collaborating Mm -hmm. so the people who ended up staying were actually perfect because they didn't necessarily mind that they didn't know what was happening the whole time and it made it a lot more fun, especially because the crew were trying to guess what was happening every day. Um, yeah. But they were all amazing in the end, both cast and crew. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Did, did uh, so it, it sounds like a really involved process. Had you done uh, producing on films before uh, and, and also on a feature film anything this kind of scale before or was this the first? No, this is the first. I've done um, I've done some assistant directing on short films mm-hmm. and I'd worked as a production assistant but for companies like internally for really sh- small shoots. Um, so this was definitely the biggest film that I've ever worked on. But at the same time, it was... Um, I found it... Cha- it was challenging at times, but not really. I was really good fun and Marcus and I got on so well that... We just worked, I think we just worked so well together that it was never really 
uh, a challenge to the extent that another film set might be. So the whole thing was just an absolute pleasure and a blessing as my first job on a big film. Mm. Um, and because he had such a clear vision of what he wanted and Hader, the um, DOP, executed that vision so beautifully, they worked so well together. We all worked so well together and we all got on so well. So actually, I mean, it was a big film to work on, but everyone did it so well that the collaboration was a very easy process. So um, it was, yeah, it was a pleasure for it to be kind of my first big film. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's great to hear. And uh, how many days uh, did you shoot for? I think about 12. Wow, really? That yeah, seems we shot, short. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, which again was, I mean, looking back, me and Marcus and me, Marcus and Hader are like, how... How did did that happen? <laughs> yeah. Were they consecutive um, days? No. So yeah. I think we did it probably over two months. Okay. Um, and when we started, the first two weeks were very much like, because I, I just wanted to start. I was just really bored of not shooting, but yeah. Hader was getting married. Um, so I kept asking Marcus. I was like, when's your friend getting married? When's he getting married? When's he getting married? I want to start shooting. Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? <laughs> so the first two weeks were quite busy because we organized five day five days a week I think for two weeks and then we had a bit of a break and then from then on it was like two or three days a week over the course of a couple of months um but yeah some days were like in one location for a whole day like mm -hmm. the um the library the UCL library um mm -hmm. that was a whole day I think mm -hmm. but then there were some other shoots we were doing like four hours in one location and then all getting in a car mm -hmm. to go somewhere else mm -hmm. but at the same time, um, it was all super easy and quick in every location. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any time where we were over massively or um, it just all worked mm. really well. <laughs> Do you think it's down to um, your own organisation, uh, the work that you put in beforehand? Yeah, I think that was part part of it was that we definitely did a lot of organisation. Um, I mean, I don't... I. Yeah, I think that's definitely a part of me. I get quite anxious when things aren't organised well. I'm the same. Um, <laughs> I'm exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it kind of annoys me when people, I don't know, things aren't in the right place or mm. whatever it is. I like to organise. But I think the biggest thing was Marcus knowing what he wanted and he'd drawn these um, gingerbread storyboards, gingerbread man storyboards. So he had this book. And every single storyboard was just like a gingerbread man in a certain position. And um, everyone was like, how the hell are you going to bring that on set? There's no way Hader can shoot from that. <laughs> yeah. But he would show him and they'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Shoot it. And every single scene in the film, you can see it reflected in this gingerbread man book. Mm. It's amazing. So I think it was so efficient because he knew what he wanted. Um Hader was really great and his whole team as well the whole camera team were really good everyone just worked so well together I think that's why it was so efficient and fluid and um, there weren't any huge issues but yeah it was definitely a mixture of both pre-production and then getting on set and everyone just doing their jobs really yeah. well great great yeah I, I think I found um, I think you probably agree that if everything is very well organized usually it means that you've you've 
allowed time for things not to go perfectly so you've got mm. that that like space to to use you know if it is going well and that means you you're free to experiment with things to get the best out of people and to try something in a different way um and, and the work has kind of been done exactly in right. pre-production you yeah. kind of know yeah. where you stand mm-hmm. i guess we're, on it. we're yeah. talking from the point of view of mark being producer on the last film that we shot and, and, and largely my first time as well not on a big well one of our biggest um and that yeah feature. uh no that was a, a short um but set in the 70s so okay. it was the most ambitious that we've done <laughs> yeah. um yeah so yeah it was it was um probably the first one where we we kind of um there was so much uh pre-production yes that, mm. uh yeah loads and we were itching to get started in the same way that you were so you spent so yeah. you spent so much time like behind a desk just making sure that that calendar has the right dates in and whatever yeah. silly things but and then you just want to be on set which is what you're all working towards yeah, yeah. um so hearing uh yeah definitely reflect that so that's yeah <laughs> good to, good to hear shared shared experiences there and um, i guess um as we were touching on the camera team and the visuals for the film um the the visuals were really impressive mm-hmm. anyway and uh i think uh obviously like you were saying um it was a marcus obviously had a strong and confident vision of how he wanted it to be and mm-hmm. then that uh, obviously carried through with the cinematography um and the uh set design and everything like that so um i guess how well, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it. Um, just like, uh, is there anything that you can tell us about how that that kind of like how you got the visuals from from the planning stage into mm-hmm. actually looking as good as that? Was there anything? I guess you yeah. just had loads of chats. Uh, Marcus had loads of chats with the DP. Um, with his gingerbread, yeah. <laughs> gingerbread. with his gingerbread gingerbread. book. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that is it. Maybe that is the key. It, yeah. I mean, it just <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds. It it just uh, it just was really impressive. So yeah. uh, I wondered yeah. if if you had any more insight into that side of things. Well, it was definitely the talent of Hader and his camera team, James, um, his kind of right hand man. Um, they they were just amazing. Every time we got on set, they were as soon as we were on, they were kind of doing their thing and setting up lights and Mm -hmm. giving options and doing various kinds of things. Um, So I think it was a mixture of those three, Marcus, Hader and James, all working together to create something. But Hader in particular is just so talented and everything that you see on screen is what Mm -hmm. he did behind the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think he was definitely, he was doing a lot of the stuff in post-production as well with the visuals Mm -hmm. because he does... Um, a lot of um, GFX type stuff. So he knew what he needed to do on set for it to then mm. be executed afterwards. Um, but I think, yeah, it was definitely very impressive what they did because the, I was doing a lot of the recce's beforehand, but uh, Hader really hadn't seen the locations until mm. he got on set yeah. a lot of the time. Mm. So he was kind of just doing it mm. on the spot really um well i was just gonna say i think um it's really obvious that the locations that you chose to use um were basically 
perfect because mm. uh, every single one and there were quite significant uh so what, what i was going to say is that every shot comes across as like a picture but you mm. went you know the camera team can't make it as good as it can be unless you have everything yeah i mean to make it it's like a dp's dream to go into a an amazing yeah. location um <laughs> yeah and the worst nightmare to go into like a a white room and and try <laughs> to, to figure that out so <laughs> yeah. um i guess he would have been quite happy with yeah. the locations that you was there a lot that you had to on. do to um manipulate that or was it all just uh, authentic locations which you used um most of it was authentic actually mm. we were very lucky um i don't know how we got most of those locations because some of them yeah they were amazing like mm. Um, yeah, I think, again, it was kind of a mixture of things going into location. And there were a few times, like the neon-drenched basement where mm. Anna's girlfriend gets her head blown off. I don't know if that's a spoiler. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like that, for instance, that wasn't amazing, that room, because there were just a lot of white walls and stuff. Um, but <clears throat> Hader and his camera team went in and they were just like, okay, we'll put this over there. We need a prop over mm. here. And then they had mm. this big colorful light thing that they put up and mm. made the characters look amazing. So, um, they worked with what they had and made it infinitely better, mm. um, a lot of the time. But yeah, I mean, some of the locations like the big hall and the library and yeah. all the rest of it, they were really cool. Mm. And as soon as we got in, we were like, yeah, this is nice. Yeah. This will work. I remember there's uh, there's one uh, there's a bit in it which stands out for me um, and it's I guess a little hard to, to describe it. It's where Fred and forgive me I've forgotten uh, his name. It's Fred sitting down. It's in like a, a warehouse, an abandoned warehouse, and it's black, the black and one of the black and white shots. And yeah. it's just a very <clears throat> long shot of Fred being spoken to by um, I'm really sorry I've forgotten the character's name. It's Daniel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it goes on and it, it's just an incredible, incredible shot. Um, yeah. And it's just watching this scene. And you've got the bird flying um, partly through it, which could have been a disaster and things. I just wondered, like, so, I mean, just relying or, or having all that to paint this picture and just relying on the actors then to just be in that world and mm. and showcase this story. Um, I mean, was that a particularly challenging setup there to, or was it just like a case of, Right, that it, it was go for an, it. Yeah, that was an interesting day because we had this kind of big warehouse which was in East London somewhere and it was an absolute dive. It was horrible. Mm. We got in there, there was just pigeon shit everywhere. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole thing was so run down and bleak. Um, and, you know, the health and safety obviously was ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. But we just got in there and we were like, okay, we'll make it work. And... Yeah, for instance, the um, shot where he fires the gun mm. and then we found a dead pigeon on the ground and so we were like, okay, quickly film that as well <laughs> yeah. and put it together because yeah. that's quite funny. Yeah. But that end scene, that really long one, um, that wasn't actually planned. That was going to be... Um, everyone wanted kind of different things. I remember Hayda wanted to go close and 
do all these different shots of them, I think, moving around and all this kind of stuff. And they talked about it for ages and then they were like, okay, we'll just set up here and then go really, really all tracking really, really slow. Mm. And watching it, it was like a theater performance because everyone was just there super engaged in this huge warehouse. And it was like we were watching like a Shakespeare tragedy or something. Yeah. And um, brilliant. Well, yeah. really well performed. I, I, I watched it and I just thought, oh my gosh. Uh, just yeah. in one part, because the opportunity to, to, to act in that way is quite rare in a film. Um, and they did it so well. And I was like, oh, I, I just can't believe it. I mean, uh, was it one? Did you do like in one take or did you have a couple of goes at it? Or? I'm pretty sure that was one take, that really long shot in the yeah. end. Yeah. And wow. I remember afterwards, we were like, it looks amazing yeah. from here. But yeah. I remember the next day, Marcus was like, I don't know if that's going to work. Because uh, I think by itself, a take that long is like watching. I know it's a very odd experience. But then, and he was like, yeah, I don't know whether we really felt that up with that. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's so strange. But actually, when I then saw it with all the other shots, and then you got that bang at the end. Mm. Yeah, it, I think it works really well. It's nice. Yeah. I think it depends how much you're invested in the characters by that point and mm. as to how something like that can work. Mm. Um, and obviously by that point you're invested in the characters so you're you're fully focused on that mm. area of uh, of the wide shot and it's it's not like, yeah, if you viewed it on its own it could be like a, like not much is happening kind of thing but at that point yeah. you're focused and i think that's um just a, an amazing part about the film to be yeah. able to achieve something like that yeah and that was kind of marx's whole ethos as well was trying to do something new and that's why it was such a pleasurable experience the whole way through not only because our working relationship was so good but also just seeing him try out new things with hader as well both of them together trying to think of new ways to film and new ways to present dialogue or whatever it was where on paper or everything you've learned in film or whatever it is, you think that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Mm. You absolutely categorically cannot do that because that's going to look weird and awful. But they were like, no, well, fuck it. We'll do it. Let's just see. This is the whole point. We're going to try and do something new, see what happens. And that was a really interesting experience. And, um, yeah, it was amazing to watch that relationship the whole time and then watch a film on the back of that that I think yeah. actually does work really well and is very interesting and that you can watch multiple times and always get something new out of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How how uh, much of the crew was people that uh, you or Marcus knew before and how much of it was kind of new people that you had to um, um, get, get involved so Marcus and Hader obviously knew each other very well. Um, and then Hader had James, who we'd worked with before. And I think that was pretty much it. Um, so everyone else was kind of new. and everyone else, yeah, yeah, everyone else we brought on, we'd just done like normal interview type things. Um, but I think the, ma I mean, the maximum crew we ever had was like 10 or maybe 15 max, not even... It was tiny, tiny crew. I think it was about 10 every day, more or less. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just worked really well. I think everyone was just so willing to try new things and mm. no one was kind of 
too worried about what anything meant or like (laughs) everyone had a bit of you know an idea like the makeup artist and costume design they had an idea of who the characters were and where they were from and that kind of thing Mm. and they were really really good with their research and all the rest of it but Mm. beyond that everyone was just working really well together and being Mm. like no idea what this is but let's go for (laughs) it um there's a there's a bit in it which um just sort of touching on the hair and makeup side of things where if i remember correctly anna is walking through the streets of london and she's covered mm. in um well we've already said it uh, like <laughs> <laughs> um blood and guts and, and whatever and things yeah. and how did she get away with that like it was that like a that, that was actually it was really sad because i was like um it was in covent garden ah, yeah, on... yeah maybe like a Friday night or something. Yeah. It was so busy. Yeah. And yeah, she's got this crazy blood makeup yeah. all over her face. And so I had like a hundred release forms and we all yeah. went outside and I thought oh I'd have to hand yeah. them out to all these people because yeah. everyone swarmed around the beer yeah. gardens. And yeah. it's just like, a. it was the heat of the summer as well. So oh. everyone was out. Mm. And so Marcus and Haley, they were like, hey, and uh, Sarah, the actress, you start at the top of this road and walk down through the crowd and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to be on the sidelines, making sure that no one's freaking out and calling mm. the police or whatever. Mm. And Is it quite she starts at the no one... the road, yeah. goes the whole way through <laughs> the crowd, down the road, not one person looks. Mm. That's quite worrying. Like, Come on, guys, look at her. Yeah. And she's not even just walking down. She's like sobbing, yeah. bawling her eyes out. Um, and she's amazing as well. So I don't know how. I think there was one person who actually made it into the final cut who looks at her a bit but that was the one person in the whole crowd oh my goodness um so it was actually quite depressing not Mm. one person cared (laughs) uh uh, that's uh well we'll gloss over that and make sure that the the london (laughs) public uh, don't represent them badly or anything like that um but it's a again like everything it's a beautiful scene um not you know the content isn't nice narratively but um I, i think it does just show I mean, uh, the character in, in such a transformer, transformed way. I mean, she's just had a tragic event happen to her and no one no one else knows. She has mm. to deal with that herself. Um, and it's it's like a weight on her shoulders. And what does she do with it? I mean, yeah, really, really well done uh, expressing what is a really bad event and making it even worse for the character. And that comes through for the, for the viewer as well. So well done. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, she was a fantastic actress, mm. and yeah, I mean, just as a person as well, she's lovely, but mm. as an actress as well, she's so talented. Mm. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was emotional watching her. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, what's next? I mean, I, I know obviously you, you um, haven't dealt with a lot with the, the post stuff. I mean, what, what is mm. next for you? I mean, have you worked, have you got anything else in line for, for what you want to work on? And are you uh, working next? with Marcus again? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I'd love to work with Marcus again. I'm hoping as soon as uh, we were finishing filming last summer, he had another idea for a film. Mm. And so I was like, okay, well, where's the funding coming from? Where can we start shooting? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call up these places and yeah. I'm going to get a studio booked for September. And he's like, okay, well, we need to get some money first. Yes, yeah. um, so I think he does have uh, some ideas in the pipeline, hopefully, because... I mean, it was just, yeah, it was the best experience, the whole thing. So I'd love to work on another film. 
and <clears throat> myself, in, in I'd the like same to role, do. Would you say in yourself? the same role with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, ideally, the whole everyone the same everyone would be great. Would Just make palindrome again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be fantastic. But then, yeah, I mean, personally, I would like to do some of my own writing and directing at some point. I think, mm-hmm. and. Again, if I could work in the same with the same people, with Hader, with Marcus, maybe in a different kind of role directing, then that would be cool. But I guess kind of see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, is it um, a case where um, you're very much into like making films yourself um, or being involved with projects which? you know started from the ground up or could you see yourself working more in tv and things like that or taking a different route where it is more uh, less indie and more on a different route is that something you yeah well i currently work for a um i'm on a a six-month contract working for a small production company that make documentaries um and actually i i keep switching because i get very excited about things quite quickly and then I do one thing and then I come across something else and I get really excited about that and want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always originally, I've always wanted to write and I do write. That's kind of the biggest thing that I do that I think I want to work towards generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I went into producing and was like, this is really fun. I think I'm all right at it. I'll keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I got a job and I'm now a researcher for documentaries. And I'm like, this is amazing. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally, I'd like to do both. My ideal world, I'd be doing feature-length documentaries and feature-length drama. Mm. That would be my ideal scenario, I think. And then also doing writing, producing, directing, mm. all of it. Um, but yeah, I get excited by a lot of different things, which is why I never really make up my mind about <laughs> doing one, going down one route. <laughs> it's the beauty of the industry, isn't it? There's so many different yeah, things you can get yeah, involved exactly. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. That's why I love it and it incorporates writing art music you know my documentary work now is literally everything in the world it's amazing mm. i'm constantly learning every day which i think is the most important thing mm-hmm. so on that on that kind of note uh, have you learned anything that uh you think is would be good advice to to other people to other filmmakers is there anything that you learned on the film or in any of your other work maybe um i think it sounds really cliche, but just keeping an open mind and not saying no to things. Um, like I really learned, have learned over the last couple of years when someone says, do you think we can do this? Instead of being like, no, that sounds stupid. is going, let's think of every single option of how we can do that. And also why you want to do that. But um, really, really thinking hard of being like, yes, your first answer should be yes. If you, I think it was Kubrick said, if you can think it, then you can show it. And I really think that's so important is not to say no to anything, whether that's a job opportunity working on whatever it is or anything really. But I think most importantly, your first reaction should be like, yeah, we can do that. We just need to figure out how. Yeah, on that point, you've just reminded me, um, there's a, a couple of instances in the film where Fred is running towards the light, essentially. Mm. And I'm sure I'd say, ask like, how, how that was done. Uh, are there any secrets you can share with that? Because it was, um, 
he's running on the spot essentially running towards yeah. something and he's, he can't reach it and it is a great visual representation of where he's at as a character um how, how did that come about how was that planned and done and how was it actually filmed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was just in a studio. Um, so it was a completely blacked out studio. Mm. Um, and I actually think since Stranger Things, I think because in Stranger Things, they do that a lot as well when mm. she's kind of in that weird limbo space. Mm. I think since that, a lot of people are kind of doing those <laughs> kinds of things. So these mm. all these studios are um, really willing to kind of provide for that kind of right. scene okay. now. So yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah, you're doing that kind uh, of thing. Yeah. yeah, we've got a black floor and black yeah. walls and a black yeah. ceiling, whatever. Yeah. And then that was, again, that was Hayder's genius. He was just, um, he just knew how to do it. So he just put up the lights and would change it around depending on mm. which direction Fred was running towards. Mm. Um, so he just kind of manipulated the position of the camera with the light. Mm. And then they did a load of thing in um, After Effects as well. And um, Jamani, who plays Fred, was just running on the spot all day. In film. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of down to Hader, really, yeah. of how he managed mm. to do that. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, that is really good. Um, I, I'll say this now. There's a moment in the film um, which no one else knows, but the, I guess, villain is Dr. Gladstone. I think it's... Mm. So there's a bit where he's talking to Fred and he's eating a, an orange. And when I was watching the film, just by completely by accident, I was eating one as well. Yeah. And it made me feel like such a villain at the time. It was yeah, such yeah, a, yeah. a weird moment <laughs> that I've never had before the film. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Um, but I think it's just the beauty of the film as well. On a, on a final note, just how many memorable moments there are. And you can't imagine it all being from the same film because they're, they're just completely different pictures. Yeah. Um, just just a great thing. I, yeah, I you would... just like, you, you scrub through it. Yeah, and just like, how did that... uh, As we were just before we yeah, were going to do this. And, mm. and it looks like about five different films yeah. in the nicest yeah, way yeah, possible yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah. but it but then it works all together um yeah, yeah. 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 so i mean if, if people uh, listening viewing can can just find a way to see it somehow please do it, it's just um it's a good film very good film but also just an experience of something you will never have seen before um and yeah so many pictures in one <laughs> nearly two hour space well Amazing. Uh, hopefully uh it'll be somewhere on streaming services or something will, yeah. at some point yeah, in the yeah, future. Yeah, I think it definitely will be soon. Yeah, we'll keep you updated. <laughs> well, we'll, um, well, we'll share we will. that uh, when it, if and when it happens as yes, well, yeah. so absolutely uh, that people can mm. can yeah. watch it. Um, in the meantime, how can people follow yourself and maybe the film on social media or websites and things? Um, I always get reprimanded by Marcus because I'm really bad on my social media. <laughs> <laughs> so. Following the film, it's probably best to go to Marcus because he's really hot on, I think, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, so he does a lot of updates of where the film's at and the awards it's winning and all that kind of stuff. Um, he's really good at that kind of thing. I need to get better myself. I'm really, really bad. Um, <laughs> and I should be a lot better in this industry. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I think following Marcus... And he's um, definitely, you know, up and coming director in a lot of various regards. So, yeah, that's probably the best way. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll put uh, a link to his social media um, yeah, in the show notes as well. And yeah. so people can click on it. But, yeah, thanks very much for your Great. time. Um, it's thank been really you. interesting. Yeah, it's been very, yeah, very yeah interesting. thank you so much. Well, that was a 
great interview with Mary there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really got a lot out of it. I, I think that uh, she is very talented at what she does. Yes, considering and, she's um, her first feature. Yeah, and um, especially of, of that scale and everything. Yeah. Uh, and she also spoke a lot about Marcus and the DP as well, their talents. Um, yeah, just uh, it seems like a talented bunch of people coming together Team to, to make something. Yeah. But also, you could have guessed that it was a massive amount of talent yes. after watching the film. Yes, yeah. So um, it's not surprising that the individuals seem very talented. Yeah, know <laughs> what they're talking about. Um, we just look yeah. forward to the next film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely one to watch out for. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you want to say anything else, or should we give the code? Um, yeah, just very quickly like to say um, it's been going for a week now. This podcast, and I'm just amazed at how supportive people have been. Um, a week, a, a few weeks. Did I, did I, say <laughs> I a think week? you said a week. Oh well, well I meant it's, me, been, uh, going it's been going for, for a, a week. A fair We're while. on. Episode, we're on episode nineteen, yeah, and it's oh been going goodness. for a week. Yeah, we've crammed a lot <laughs> into a week. <laughs> we've, yeah, we are very talented ourselves. Um, but yes, what I meant to say, if I didn't, um, it's been going on for a while now, and yeah, thank you everyone. I mean, it's been great to speak to people, learn, um, relate with with people, and hopefully you can see that you know it, every single one is is a new experience for us and hopefully we're sharing something valuable to you um but yeah thank you everyone hopefully if we're learning you're learning as well yeah um unless we're just really naive about everything yeah hopefully not no we we still need uh people's questions though um if they if there's anything especially that you want to know from these um Maybe we'll find a way of uh, telling people who we're going to be interviewing so that they can yeah. get their fans to bring some questions on yeah. and get a bit of interaction going yeah, that at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the code. Yes. Don't do we have it? Do we have it? Okay, right, no. just uh, ready for this. On the paper. You see, you do use pen and paper. You use pen and paper. Hey. You can use your touchscreen device as well. You can. Uh, we won't hold it against you. Yeah. Mark will. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> w D P O D M P four two nine. Once more. W D P O D M P four two nine. And that is for ten percent off any future usage that you may want to submit to us, but you only have a week to do it. So get moving and yeah we look forward to submit on film freeway yes uh follow us on social media Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff uh we really do need uh your approval yes to Uh, to to what to exist to exist yeah we need uh comments and likes they're kind of like our nectar yes So, um, we'll see you next week. Yes. Bye. Bye.